Welcome to Secondary, voices and topics from today's high school students. Hello everyone, my name is Sawyer and this is Caught in Between the Lines. Today are, um, wow, I totally lost my train of thought. Today we're going to be talking about Robert Lee Yates. Um, this one's a big one, the script is quite large, <laughs> but we're going to, we're going to agree off of it and it's a doozy, so, um. Like any one of my videos um, or podcasts, this is a TW, um, a warning that we do talk about gore and murder. And if you're shy to that, then maybe you should find another podcast. But if you're still here, thank you for listening. Okay, let's start on the background. So this is before he was born in 1945, okay? His grandmother kills his grandfather with an axe. I didn't really read much on that. I was like, oh, it's a little cool fact. I probably should have. I don't know why. I don't know what happened, but he's dead, and that's a little backstory. Okay, so um, Robert Lee Yates was born May twentieth, nineteen fifty-two. So not that, not very long ago, he grew up in Oak Harbor, Washington, a middle class family. Um, they attended a church, um, a local church. Robert joined the church when he was 14 years old um, when the family church burned down. <laughs> um, him and his father worked together to rebuild the church. Didn't really get much information on that, nor really understand it. Okay. He graduated from Oak Harbor High School um, in 1970. From the follow, uh, Following his high school graduation, Robert uh, Lee Gates Jr., which is the man we're talking about, earned an associate's degree and studied pre-med in Willa Willa. Robert's father reportedly said that his son was moody and violent at times when he was a teenager. However, no reports of criminal activity prior to 1975. In 1975, um, Yates enlisted in the U.S. Army which became which he became certified to fly civilian transport airplanes and helicopters. He was stationed in different places during his 19-year military career and earned a good amount of medals. He also um, was deployed in lots of different places. I don't really know because I forgot to write him down because I didn't really think it was important to the story. Uh, but that, what I just said was. So that's his background. So we clearly know that he doesn't seem to have a very damaged background, and um, except for the whole grandmother kills his grandfather, but he wasn't born for that, so. Um, and his family seemed to be good and tight. I don't know if he had any siblings or not, but that's how it is. Okay, let's move on. So that's background. So now we're on to the crimes and the murder. This is... Not as big as a one as him getting caught. I think him getting caught was more juicy than the actual murders because I have to leave a lot of information out. Now, like I said, and like I'm saying, if you want to go get more information, there's a lot of other podcasts and a lot of other um, things. Google is a great thing you can research on. It helps a lot with a lot of research. Okay, but we're going to go with the crimes and murders. So the murders uh, Yates committed between 1996 and 1998. So there's a good gap between there. 
um, between when he graduated and now. Um, but we're pretty we're pretty far away from that time now. So all of his um, kills involved pr- uh, sex workers or what we call prostitutes. Uh, I try not to get, there's a fine line, so I'm trying not to cross that. So uh, we're just going to call them sex workers for now. Okay. He would, u- he would use them for their services, often in his van sometimes, and then sometimes he'd l- use illegal substances with them, kill them, I think, with a twenty two caliber, um, uh, with a shot in the head. Um, then he would drive them to rural places and jump, dump the bodies. That, that was his favorite method, uh, from what I could dig up. Um, he, uh, one attempt to murder was linked to the same model of handgun Yates used. One particularly bizarre detail of Yates' murders involved in the case of, uh, Melody Murfin. Don't know if I said that right. I'm so sorry. Uh, whose body was buried just outside of the bedroom window of Yates' family home. Which, again, really weird. On August 1st, 1998 picked up um we're gonna call um i know a lot of names can get leaked um because that they consented to that but um i'm not gonna give their names out because i don't feel comfortable so we're gonna call them jane doe or john doe um it's just a basic basic name so um uh jane doe he picked up jane doe um and she managed to escaping escaped after being shot, assaulted, and robbed. On September 19, 19th, 1980, 1998, Yates was asked to give DNA sample to the police after being stopped. He refused, uh, stating that uh, it was too extreme of a request for a family man. So Mr. Manns didn't want to give up DNA because he knew to expose him, but he was too much of a family man to give DNA, and it was too extreme. So she escaped, and that was all the really information I could get on the crimes. He murdered, uh, robbed, and did that for a few years. Okay, so how did he get caught was the biggest, like, chunk of information I could find. So um, he was arrested on April 18th, 1999, uh, for the murder of uh, Jennifer Joseph after Yates' um, arrest arrest and search warrant was served on a 1977 white Corvette that he had previously owned. A A white Corvette that had been identified vehicle for one of the victims had been seen, last seen, and ironically, Yates had been pulled over in this vehicle while task force was sort searching it. But the field interview report was misread saying Camaro, not Corvette. Make sure you pre-read and reread. It helps a lot. Uh, thus, uh, this accident was not, gotta turn the page, uh, realized. So the accident was not realized, so he didn't get arrested for that. Just pulled over him. Until Yates had been arrested. So it didn't get recognized until Yates had been arrested. After searching the Corvette, police discovered 
blood that they linked to Jennifer Joseph and DNA from Yates that they had, uh, that they then tied 12 other victims. In 2000, he was convicted of 13 counts of first-degree murder and one count of attempted first-degree murder. Um, and yeah, so that's a lot of murder. A lot of murder. All right, let's keep going. Um, the judge sentenced Yates to 408 years in prison. Um, expectancy, a life sentence. Um, Yates avoided death penalty by confusing, confessing to the the county murder to spokes. Uh, to the county murders in exchange for the life sentence. So he fessed up so he doesn't get killed. Um, in 2001, Yates was charged in pri- in prayer, prayer? We're just going to say in county <laughs> with, with, uh, with the murders of two additional women. Uh, the prosecution sought the death penalty for the deaths of um, Melinda L. Mercer in 1997 and Connie Ellis in 1998, which were thought to be linked to the killings in the first county. In October 2002, so we're skipping around in time, Yates was convicted of those murders and sentenced by, uh, sentenced to death by lethal injection, which even though he skipped out the first time, he didn't get to skip out the second time. I guess he didn't get his 480 years, 400, no, 4,000, no, no, 408 years. He didn't get those. Sad. <laughs> um, on September 5th, 2008, a judge signed a Yates to a death warrant with, uh, with September 19th, um, 2008, given as the execution date. On September 11, 2008, Washington Supreme Court Chief uh, Justice Gary L. Alexander issued a stay execution to allow defense time to file additional appeals. Yates currently is on death row at Washington um, State Penitentiary. So he hasn't been killed just yet, but he's. I think he's still sitting there. I don't know when this information. I like. I do know the dates, but I haven't looked it up immediately because I did the script <laughs> a while ago, and I'm just getting to it. But that is um, Robert Lee Yates. My name is Sawyer, and this is Calm Between the Lines. Thank you. This has been another episode of Secondary. Thank you so much for listening. To voices and topics from today's high school students. 